Today on the Everything 80s Podcast, the story of the incredible Muppet Show. Hey there, what's happening? Welcome back to the Everything 80s Podcast. I'm Jamie. Thanks for coming on out today, and it's time to, of course, get things started and look back at one of the greatest shows in television history, which, of course, is The Muppet Show, which was a variety musical that aired from 1976 to 1981. It featured the Muppet characters and various guest stars and sketches and musical performances. The Muppet Show would be seen in over 106 countries and, like I said, was one of the most successful shows of all time that's what we're going to look at here today but first if you haven't already make sure you subscribe wherever you find your podcast i should be there and a few other things just before we start so the first thing is two days ago this podcast passed its hundred thousandth download which blows my mind i would have been happy if this thing did a thousand downloads but the fact that it's crossed a hundred thousand is amazing so thank you so much for listening and supporting and i'm not sure if you download shows or i don't always download podcasts i sometimes just listen straight there so with that many downloads the the listeners could actually be quite a bit higher there's just there's no way to tell how many people were listening and you only track downloads and all that stuff but either way um blows my mind thanks so much and then the next thing is coming up on the Everything 80s Movie Club, which is over at patreon.com. I'll be doing a new 1980s movie review in the next week or two. And the only hint I'll give is Skid Row. That might give it away right away, but that's what I'm going to be reviewing. And if you don't know what Patreon is, that's a way to support a show like this for like a few bucks a month and then there's different tiers and then with each tier comes different rewards so like the one uh the boba fett tier that gives you access to the everything 80s movie club so that's where i review all the good the bad and the ugly and of 1980s movies but if you want to see more you can just go to patreon.com slash 80s so p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash 80s or wherever you're listening there'll be a link if you just want to go see some more okay enough of that Let's get to the Muppets. It's time to play the music. It's time to light the light. It's time to meet the Muppets on the Muppet Show tonight. It's time to put on makeup. It's time to dress up right. It's time to raise the curtain on the Muppet Show It's like a kind of torture to have to watch the show.
So I've got a ton of info now. I've researched so much about the Muppets. I feel like I know them like the back of my hand. And it's just an interesting time because the Muppet show is just released, well, recently on Disney Plus, all five seasons. And it's the first time pretty much since they aired that the fourth and fifth seasons are available to see publicly the way they are in complete form. So the thing with the Muppets is there's so much to cover and... I have to gloss over a bit of the history and stuff, which I'll cover. I mean, just the topic of the Muppets is an entire podcast channel by itself or just the work of Jim Henson or whatever. So I'll be inadvertently just, you know, going quickly over some of the history. But I mean, the thing is, the Muppets have lasted a good 50 years. I don't think they're ever going to go away, even now. Besides The Muppet Show, there's new content still being produced, put out on Disney+. Plus. The, they put out The Muppets Now, which was sort of their modern internet um, stay-at-home Zoom version of The Muppets. Um, more kid-related, but you know, still for everyone. And that's the thing, I'm not sure if it's as relevant to kids as kids now don't know them or didn't grow up the same way we did if you grew up in the 80s, late 70s, 90s, whatever. But they're still there. They still hang around. So people are always familiar with them. Um, it's just, it's impossible not to be aware of the Muppets. And the Muppet show is is really the crown jewel of everything. And that really launched the franchise. And I just wanted to look at what made this iconic show come to life. It's got connections to Saturday Night Live, England, um, a lot of... Um, shopping it around, rejections, all sorts of stuff. So, like I said, the the brief look is that we normally associate the Muppets uh, as far back as Sesame Street. And that's, you know, where most people are introduced to them. And that goes into the late 60s, early 70s. But the Muppets go a bit further back. The, The Muppets were generally first used in TV commercials. And Rolf was one of the very first ones that we're familiar with used to sell dog food. But the concept of a Muppet goes back to 1955 when Jim Henson first created them for a show called Sam and Friends. Uh, And I recommend just going to the show notes for this episode where I've got links to, you know, things like that, um, like Sam and Friends and and various stuff you can still see on YouTube and a few behind the scenes pictures. So again, wherever you're listening to this, there should be a link to the show notes so you can go check that out. So the Muppets made more appearances in commercials and on TV shows, and you'd see them on talk shows and things like Ed Sullivan and all sorts of things. But that they were a major part of what made Sesame Street so popular when it launched. But the problem is Jim Henson didn't necessarily always want to be associated with kiddie shows. And one way to break away from this was being connected to an up and coming new variety show called Saturday Night Live. And Saturday Night Live was also finding its way at this time. And the Muppets would be used in a segment called the Land of Gorch. You might have seen clips of this on TV. It didn't last long, but the time on SNL was very important because it set in motion what would become the Muppet Show. Jim Henson noted that his time at Saturday Night Live showed him how to put together an entire show in just seven days. It also gave him a lot of celebrity connections that would be put to use in the Muppet Show. Side story here. So if you've ever been to New York and done a tour of 30 Rock, you've probably seen this or you've heard of it. Or if you're a big Muppet fan, you've probably seen this. But 
I've done this tour and you get to go down and see part of the Saturday Night Live set. So during his time at Saturday Night Live, Henson and some of the other Muppeteers took Muppet material and decorated this sort of hot water cupboard that's got just piping. It's like a little broom closet sort of out of the way thing. So they took felt and Muppet eyes and accessories and they turned all the pipes in that closet thing into like Muppets. They thought no one would ever see this thing, but it was discovered a few years later. And yeah, to see this thing in person was pretty mind blowing. And it hasn't been touched since the day they, the day it was created, and the day when the people at Thirty Rock first found it. So very cool. Okay, so let's look at the early pilots of the Muppet Show. So if you've ever watched the Muppet Show on DVD or now on Disney Plus, you'll notice there isn't a specific pilot per se, like most shows have. Um, there are, but they took place years before. The very first Muppet show, and essentially the true original pilot, was called The Muppets Valentine Show, and it was released on January 30th, 1974. Henson was trying to put in place what The Muppet Show would become, but it just wasn't there yet. And again, you can watch this on YouTube. There are many characters you've never seen before, you'll never see again. A few of them um, you know, will pop up in The Muppet Show. You, Kermit is there, but just as a supporting Muppet. The whole show is based around Nigel. He's kind of got this um, sort of balding head puppet in a suit sort of thing. They, they thought this, he's the conductor of the Muppet Orchestra on the Muppet Show. That's who Nigel is, if you, just, if you don't ever see any of these videos. Jim Henson believed that this Nigel character was going to be the cornerstone of the Muppet Show. By making the Muppet Valentine Show, he was essentially auditioning for American Networks. The Muppet's Valentine Show, um, just if you check this out, it doesn't look anything like the Muppet Show as you know it. But they were experimenting with what would work. And the one thing they played around with which was going to work was the inclusion of a guest star. In the case of this one, it was Mia Farrow. But it was thought that the show was too heavy on premise. Uh, it didn't have enough sketches. It didn't have enough of the variety. Uh, and that's what would lead to the second Muppet pilot, which, believe it or not, was called Muppets, Sex, and Violence. And I, I'd heard of this before. I had no idea what it was about. It seemed absurd. But it was named that for a few reasons. The first was that it was a reminder that this wasn't the Sesame Street Muppets for kids. It's not, there's nothing bad in it or inappropriate. It's just the name was just used by Jim Henson to attract audiences. Uh, he, he wanted to use something that was enticing. And that's the way to get kind of like Mr. Burns using the image of himself half nude when he's launching his casino. It, it was just sort of first, you know, parents knew it's not necessarily for kids, not to keep them away per se, but just is is clickbait. That's basically what it was at the time before that was a thing. So this time in this what is considered the second Muppet pilot, they went super heavy on the sketches, and they didn't have much in the way of like a running story. But in Muppet Sex and Violence, we got to meet some more familiar characters, including Miss Piggy. What these two pilots taught Jim Henson and the company was the ideal format for their show. They would combine sketch comedy and some running stories, essentially combining what they had in these two pilots together. They would also use guest stars as it was a way for the Muppets to play off something. And it would be more appealing to the networks and the sponsors if there was a celebrity involved. 
The last piece of the puzzle was the most important. The premise of the show would be all about putting on a show. This show within a show theme was the one constant between both of those pilots. The idea for The Muppet Show would be that The Muppets would be putting on a vaudeville-style show in an old, rundown theater. And just one more side note here, speaking of 30 Rock, and that there's another Muppet connection here, and uh, the first, the premise has been done... Uh, you know, other times in, in shows and variety shows and stuff like that. But with 30 Rock, there is the fan theory that you're watching the real life version of The Muppet Show. Both are putting on a variety show and we're seeing the backstage antics. There's even the similar similarities in the characters. Liz Lemon is Kermit putting on the show, dealing with all the crap. Jenna Maroney is Miss Piggy, the prima donna star. Kenneth is Scooter. Jack is Sam the Eagle. Uh, Tracy is Gonzo. It's it, the next time you watch 30 Rock, pay attention to this, and you'll really see the Muppet Show happening. There's also the you know occasional use of puppets and Muppets over the course of the 30 Rock season. So, um, yeah, interesting side note. So everything looked good. It looked like they had their premise down. Everything was sort of locked into place. They were set, but no networks wanted anything to do with it. So now this is where the England connection comes in. The concept of the show obviously works because we all know it now. But again, it wasn't super groundbreaking. Like that sort of thing had been done a few times and sort of looking back on those vaudeville days. And so the networks just said thanks, but no thanks. Henson had an opportunity to go to England. There was a producer named Lou Grade, spelled L-E-W. That's who they would name the Muppet Lou Zealand after. He's the boomerang fish guy. He wanted to produce the Muppet Show. It would be filmed at the now famous Elstree Studios, which would go on to be used for a a small uh, robots and monsters movie called Star Wars. And then a little horror film called The Shining. They were all filmed at Elstree Studios. Henson knew he had the talent, including a young guy named Frank Oz, who he had worked with creating Ernie and Bert on Sesame Street. They had great chemistry, but they weren't finding that yet with the new project. Some more sort of teething problems happened that they weren't anticipating. Uh, One big one was they couldn't get any celebrities on board. Not only uh, did they not have a lot of money to pay them, but they had to convince them also to fly to England just to film this thing with a bunch of hand puppets. Henson's agent was able to convince dancer Juliet Prowse and singer Connie Stevens to film what would be the first two episodes of The Muppet Show. And then the idea is that they would try to sell the show for syndication, even though this approach had never really been done before. I'll probably cover it again in a sec, but Disney Plus, if you've been watching The Muppet Show, hasn't put the episodes necessarily in the order they aired or were produced, they're kind of jumbled. I noticed on Disney Plus on the web browser, the order of the shows was different than, say, the Disney Plus app, but I'll cover a bit more of that in a second. So here's the early days of The Muppet Show, and hopefully you've been watching. I've been plowing through it, already You know, got through the first season pretty quick. It's pretty astonishing how raw and underdeveloped that first season is compared to what we now know. so here's here's how the syndication screwed up everything um, in as far as what would be seen in the future in the order of the shows. The, ver- the first two pilots that they filmed were that Juliet Prowse show and then the Connie Stevens one. The first 
one that was released for syndication was the one with uh what's her name rita ortez ornez um that's the one they thought would would catch on first. So basically everything is all out of order as far as release and production. So it's kind of a mess. So you kind of just have to watch through it and notice that things sort of jump around and there's different continuities and problems. Like the show is trying to find its footing, especially during the first half of that first season. You'll notice that Rolf and Kermit are the only ones that seem familiar as far as the voice and the character. Miss Piggy's unrecognizable, and it turns out she was being voiced by two different people at the same time. Frank Oz is a voice we know, but he shared duties with Richard Hunt. And I noticed in those first few episodes, her voice would change within the individual shows. And you might not even realize it's Miss Piggy at first. Fozzie is not where we know him. The puppet's different. Frank Oz had a much deeper voice to him, more of a rougher type voice. Janice has a completely different voice. Gonzo is one of the biggest changes. In the first season of The Muppet Show, he's more like a baby. He The look of the puppet is different. The voice is different. Turns out Gonzo was just chosen at random from a box of leftover Muppets they used in a earlier TV sort of Christmas special. It was just like this background, like almost like a bug character. So Henson grabbed him out of this thing, threw him to performer Dave Golds and said, try and bring this thing to life. Stadler and Waldorf, they're up on the balcony heckling. But again, the voices aren't there. They're not developed to where we now know them. Interesting thing in Muppets, Sex and Violence, they make their first appearance, but they are at home in their living room heckling the TV. And if you watch the series, The Muppets, that aired on ABC in, was it 2015, 2016? They go back to Stadler and Waldorf at home watching again heckling the tv sort of a full full circle moment that show is so underrated it's also on disney plus too it lasted one season it's either 14 or 16 episodes it's brilliant not just as a muppet show but it's produced by some of the people that created the office and it's filmed in that same mockumentary style and it's very it, I, want, I don't want to say overly adult definitely not for kids and it, it's like inappropriately funny it's it's so good so many people missed out on this thing but if you like the muppets you've either already know it or you should definitely check it out they would also bring back some characters from the first two pilots including george the janitor mildred and the swedish chef which i didn't realize was performed by frank oz the voice of jim henson and the hands of jim henson the difference from the Muppets Valentine show and Muppets Sex and Violence was the change of the show host. Like I said, instead of Nigel, they needed someone more recognizable. Two of the more well-known Muppets were Ralph and Kermit the Frog. Ralph had been used so many times on TV already, and they believed Kermit would be the perfect um, character to host the variety show. So now we'll look more at that, the syndication. They've got the first two episodes shot, like I said, with Juliet Prowse and or Juliet Prowse and Connie Stevens. Now they had to shop them around for the syndication, which again, this is all backwards to how TV worked at the time. So a lot of what we love is still there in those first two episodes. But again, everyone said no. No one wanted to distribute it. The networks didn't see, the American ones didn't seem to like how it was a little too British. They thought the opening was too long and they just didn't think people would be into watching puppets. It was also a little too meta the show constantly breaks the fourth wall with kermit and the other muppets talking to us the viewers at home this is pretty normal now um, and it's something that's done in all the muppet movies but it was 
pretty groundbreaking and it was pretty foreign to a lot of these networks and these producers. So they've got a bunch of problems here and they still have 22 more episodes to film. But Jim Henson and the company just shook off the rejection and they focused on creating the best show they could and they would tinker where it was needed. This included replacing some of the puppets. Fozzie, for example, like they came up with a whole new puppet and they gave him a lighter voice closer to what you know now. Um, and they added in some new ones um, and some new puppets. They tried out everything they could. Henson would act just like Kermit, apparently, in real life, and he was in charge of keeping things running smoothly. So of the new episodes they, they filmed, the one with Joel Gray was the third episode. Uh, they would also now include more musical segments, and some of the, the early segments of, those first, of the first season included the talking houses, the ballroom dancing scene, which came from Muppet Sex and Violence, that pilot, there was the panel discussion. So the show is slowly starting to find its feet. And we get to meet new characters like Scooter. So if you ever wonder how he became part of the Muppets, it's because his uncle owned the theater. And this is where the order of the shows is all thrown off because some of the early, depending on what is the order on Disney+, Plus, we'll see Scooter um, already in the show, but we don't know why he's there. And then in the later episodes, they had... Uh, which would have were filmed first, they explained how he came to be on the show and his uncle's there. And they started editing other segments. So within the, some of those same episodes, you'll see the voices change between the characters because they're taking new bits and putting them in the old episodes. So they're, it's basically a mess for that first season, but you can you can see how it's starting to evolve. But one big unexpected thing was happening. The celebrities loved being on the show and they were spreading the word about how much fun it was to do. Since they were the only human, they got center stage and they were allowed to do whatever they wanted and they could start using other talents that they had never been able to use before and that had maybe gone to waste. So now it's about getting the show out to the world. Um, so again, everything's filmed out of order and sorry, it was Rita Marino was the first one sent for distribution. So that show would air in the UK and then also in the States. It went over okay, but again, not amazing. The Muppet Show would continue to be shown in the UK and in the States, but it was in the UK where it made its first big impact. It didn't take long for the popularity of The Muppet Show to skyrocket through the UK and become must-see TV there. Children and adults across the country all loved the show. It had something funny for everyone, and I think that's what led to its early success there. So now it's time to film the second season. The show had a new head writer and Jerry Jewell, and the form of the show changed significantly to what you are probably more familiar with now. The Muppet Show would now start with the cold open where we'd meet the guest for the week being introduced by Scooter. You know, when you come and say, five seconds there, Mr. Martin. They also filmed in a whole new opening, which you're probably more familiar with too. This is when more of the world's starting to discover it. The characters would now look how we know them. Um, again, now Gonzo and Miss Piggy got a whole new character design. Frank Oz was now the only one performing Miss Piggy. And the character now evolved into the scene-stealing prima donna we now know and love. It's funny to watch some of those first episodes where she's just like a background character. Gonzo would also find his love for chickens and be the death-defying stunt performer we know now. The use of pigs would also grow, including the introduction of one of the most famous sketches, Pigs in Space. And now more people are tuning into the shows because the list of guest stars is becoming even more impressive. In that second season, we've got John Cleese, Peter Sellers, Steve Martin, Elton John, 
Julie Andrews. Now the American audience is starting to catch on. And by late 1977, The Muppet Show became an established hit. The Muppet Show hit its stride and then started receiving all the nominations, Emmy and everything. It was embraced by critics. All those networks that passed in the show were now eating their words. They begged to get Henson back on board in America, but he stayed loyal to the UK for the entire run of the series. So let's look at the future of The Muppet Show. So like I said, it ran from 1976 to 81 and became a worldwide phenomenon, being seen in over 100 countries. Some 230 million people would watch the show each week, which is amazing, and it was considered the most popular TV show on Earth at the time. Henson would strike while the iron was hot and then put out the Muppet movie in 1979. If you haven't seen this thing in a while, please go back and watch it to see how brilliant it is. It took many concepts from the Muppet show, such as, you know, the breaking the fourth wall and seeing how something is made and put it on film. The Muppet movie serves as an origin story for how the Muppets all met. So there's no there's zero continuity between it and the Muppet show. And the Muppet movie actually exists as a biography of sorts, and it's sharing the story of how Henson and his team found their fame and success, just like Kermit and the Muppets would. Now into the third season, it feature another new opening and a new set. The Muppets had now become so famous that the shows could be, based, could be based around them as opposed to the celebrity guest. In 1979, season four would include another new opening and some more character designs that would look a little more like they did in the upcoming Muppet movie. A writer strike would delay things, but they would finish things up, including a pretty, uh, and you're going to have to go for the, to the show notes for this one, the greatest crossover you will ever see, uh, Star Wars and the Muppets. So they're filming at Elstree Studios, and The Empire Strikes Back is filming at the same time, and Frank Oz is doing and developing Yoda. So they were able to borrow some of the Star Wars, like Mark Hamill and C-3PO and Chewbacca, you just have to see it. You can go, you can look it up on YouTube or if you're not in the show notes. And I've got one of the clips there. It's like all this singing and dancing between Star Wars and the Muppets. And then the craziest thing is they all finish by singing Disney's When You Wish Upon a Star, which is insanely ironic because Disney would go on to end up owning both Star Wars and the Muppets. The fifth season would be the last. The show across the 100 episode mark, meaning it was now able to be syndicated. The thing was, this show was immune to cancellation. It could have run for 20 plus seasons if they wanted. It could have been like The Simpsons, where it would be their call when they wanted to finish. That's how powerful this thing was. But Henson wanted to go on a high note, and he was already envisioning future projects. So I'll start winding it down here. So Henson stayed loyal to England. He would go on to create... Uh, experimental movie called The Dark Crystal and then Labyrinth and they were all filmed in the UK and uh, then he he just people thought they were cancelled but it's the farthest thing from the truth he just already was envisioning all this new stuff like Fraggle Rock and The Great Muppet Caper and The Muppets Take Manhattan and all the stuff uh, he would go on to do so if you can't tell already, I love The Muppets, and I think The Muppet Show is one of the most groundbreaking and iconic television shows in history. I think everything, like, and I've done a whole episode about The Great Muppet Caper, which I think is also some of Jim Henson's best work, and perfectly captures The Muppet Show on film. But with The Muppet Show now being available on Disney+, Plus, it's the first time in decades or ever that audiences get to relive and appreciate how special this show really is. So let's finish there. Thanks for listening. Again, if you haven't already subscribed, wherever you find your podcast, I should be there. And we're going to go out on another one of the most famous songs that ever came from The Muppet Show. And I kid you not, this 
is a real song that was first created in 1966 for an Italian sex documentary that was filmed in Sweden. Okay, see you later. Manamana, do 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 do